I know I've said it before that at some point, coming to the end of these passion stories in the Gospels that we hear that we have to come to terms somehow with the fact that Jesus, our leader, was a loser. I mean, if you think of all the conventional signs of what makes for a successful leader, you know that you'd have a very large and committed following, that you would be able to give these inspirational and empowering messages that would just empower people to go do things and make them feel great. And really, just the fact that a successful leader should be able to show some results, right? A leader wins. But the most surprising, and I think the most powerful thing about our faith, if you'd follow Christ, is this, that when God reveals to us, to the world, exactly what it looks like for God to be with us, for God to be on the throne, when we are shown clearly, once and for all, what life together with God should look like, the throne is a cross, which is like the ultimate dead end. That's the sign of losing. You lost. Game over. When God shows us what it means to be with God, the king's crown is made of thorns. The king's robe is actually no robe because they stripped it off Jesus in order to shame him. His transition team, if you will, has largely abandoned him in the crucifixion, save for maybe a couple of the women who stayed by. Jesus' campaign speeches were often about suffering, were about following, making sacrifices, humbling yourself. And really, Jesus' whole campaign looks like a failure. If you think about it, the only votes that get cast for Jesus are when they're dividing up, throwing lots for his clothing. That's about it. This invitation that Jesus makes to his followers to life together with God, to the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God, it's so contrary to the way that just the world is supposed to work, right? The way that things are, that even the closest disciples of Jesus missed it. When Jesus was on his throne, the cross, they missed it. The religious leaders, you know, the people who were supposed to know what was going on, who were supposed to know the history of how God works, missed it. They could not see it. In fact, they resisted. They mocked Jesus on the cross. One of the two criminals who were crucified next to Jesus used some of his final breaths left to him on this planet to make fun of Jesus. 
and insult him. The Bible says that he kept deriding Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save us. Save yourself. And really, even though that I have heard this story again and again, I miss it too. As much as I like to think of myself, my identity as a follower of Jesus, I'm always much more drawn to the throne of glory than to the cross. I mean, I don't want to be a loser. I'm afraid to be a loser. So I find myself chasing after the things that promise more than that, promise security, <clears throat> right? Or promise safety or power. Really, of those two criminals, <coughs> the one who derided Jesus and then the one who stuck up for Jesus, I identify a lot more with the first one. You know, he's been caught, he's been judged, he's been sentenced for what he did justly, and yet he's still fighting to maintain the lie to the very end. That he doesn't deserve this, that he's a good person, that he was only doing the right thing, that everyone else is wrong, that he's right. To the very end, he's still trying to win, even on the cross. Maybe you too could imagine using your dying breaths to prove that you were right. As I know I can, I was right. I didn't deserve what I got. I was a good person. But listen to what the other criminal says. He tells that first criminal, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly. See, he's owning up to it. We have been condemned justly. We're getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. See, of all people, of all the people who should have gotten it, the disciples, the religious leaders, the experts. It's the second criminal who gets it. He doesn't miss it. He sees, he confesses, he knows he deserves punishment, but he sees that Jesus is innocent. And even more than that, when everyone else misses, he looks and he sees the cross and he sees Jesus on the throne. He looks at Jesus' weakness, and he sees power. We know because this is what he says to Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He sees the throne. But just imagine the audacity of someone, of a person who looks like a loser, looking at someone who looks like a loser and asking for the kingdom. It's kind of amazing. And maybe only a criminal could have that kind of faith, to look at someone who looks like a loser and ask for the kingdom. Maybe the sooner that we see ourselves as the criminals, you mean... What I mean is like people on the wrong side of the law. Maybe the sooner that we would share 
with the second criminal's faith. And Jesus tells that criminal, truly today you will be with me in paradise. When we find ourselves right there with that second criminal, with what he sees, when we understand our need for God, when we understand that we also will be invited to look at a loser and see a king, then we will see. We will all be invited to look at failure and see the kingdom unfolding before our eyes. With the second criminal, we get this whole new way of seeing the world. And it's not just like an exercise in theology or it's not just about knowing what's right. It's really useful, helpful for our lives to start to see how Jesus' kingdom is already working. It helps us know decisions to make. It helps us know what things to resist, to work against, like taking power for ourselves or violence or fear or all the things that build crosses. Those are things that hurt and destroy. But only love can turn a cross into a throne. When we see the world this way, it helps us understand or if not understand, it helps us to live through hardships. It helps us see dealing with pain and suffering, that those things are not for nothing, that Jesus knows those things too. Seeing the world this way reminds us that as this, all of this happens, not like in some ideal fairy tale world, kings and queens, some heavenly setting somewhere, but in this time, in our own less than perfect lives, the kingdom is here today. So although it doesn't sound like much of a campaign speech, that's right, today you too can become a loser. <laughs> you will lose your self-righteousness your need to prove yourself, you can lose it. You'll lose your arguments about being a good person or at least good enough. You'll lose some comfort, probably. You'll lose some security. And if you've got more than what you need, well, you'll probably lose that too. But you will also lose your fear. Truly, I tell you today, you will look at the cross and see a throne. You will look at yourself and all these other criminals and losers and see life together with God. Amen.